Hello and welcome back to another episode of Try and Love Your Best Life with myself, Andrea. If you're new to this podcast, then welcome to the train wreck journey. Every episode I talk about new things that I've learned or trying to make me into a better person. So if you like the sound of that, then please hit subscribe, follow or like, depending on what platform you're listening on. Jump on over to Facebook and follow the Try and Love Your Best Life page. And also hop on Instagram once again at Try and Love Your Best Life, where I will be posting updates on what I'm doing and letting you into the daily journey of my life and make you realise that if you do not have your shit together, then good, neither do I, so let's work it out together. So this topic is toxic people, they'll kill you. So let's just jump straight on into this one. You might be the type of person that is surrounded by loving and affectionate people who just want to see you thrive and do good, which is fantastic, good for you. But then if you're like me, you have been surrounded by many a toxic person in your life. Heck, even sometimes I have been the toxic person. I know for some instances and some people's version of events, I am definitely the toxic person. And albeit that's not okay and I'm not redeeming myself for that, it is important that I'm not that person anymore, or at least I'm trying not to be. In my journey of trying to be a better person and enhance my life, with my relationships that surround me, I went and did some wee googling into why I attract so many toxic people and toxic connections into my life. And I'm going to be honest, I really did not like the answer, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. There's a TED talk by an incredible woman called Mandy Seligari, and she explains that we get comfortable around negative people, especially if this is the type of environment that we grew up with. I'm not saying that if you had a terrible and toxic relationship in your childhood, you're never going to find anybody good in your life. That is not what I'm saying at all. Just exactly like I'm not saying if you had an amazing and supportive childhood, then you'll never have anybody toxic in your life. And I'm also not saying to blame your parents for the type of people that you let into your life, because that is definitely not the case. I'm not going to go and blame my wee maw for me allowing people to treat me like trash, because it's definitely not true. But here is what I'm saying. If you're used to being the support system for people, if you're used to being around negativity and trying to be the positive beam within that, then your body gets drawn to toxicity and toxic people because you want to help them turn around and change it. Spoiler alert, you can't change anybody. You can't change anyone that doesn't want to change. And even if they do want to change, it is not your duty to help them. They need to do it on their own. Yes, support them, but don't do the work for them, because then they will never truly change, and you'll be exhausted because you've invested all your energy into their progression instead of your own. I guess in a way it's a bit of variation of superhero syndrome. You want to save everybody from hurt and pain whilst in the process of neglecting yourself. A lot of people are like this to an extent, myself included. I never want to see my loved ones hurt, so I will always do my best to help them. And I have been known to date some damsels in distress, both male and female, in an attempt to save them. Another spoiler alert didn't work and left me even more broken in the process. Now personally I have received a lot of advice from people throughout the years along the lines of 
just get rid of toxic people, fade them out, cut them out. And that is all well and good for the people you can do that with. There is many a friend that I had when I was younger who were textbook definition of fucking toxic. And I did indeed ditch them as I got older and realised that they had no positive input into my life or my own self-progression. That's all well and good, but that's not always the case. There are some people who you just can't erase from your life. These toxic people could be family members, friends you've known since you were a baby, colleagues that you work alongside every day. You can't get rid of them without making your own life more dramatic. Or there's simply those people who just won't let you cut them out, who will explode and cause a scene if you don't talk to them for more than a day. So it's easier and more beneficial for you and for your blood pressure just to keep them in your life. However, the point of it is, is just to know your limits. Know that you can go out for a drink or two with those particular friends who don't want the best for you or don't do the best for you. But you can't stay out for four days at a gaff party because you're just going to fucking hate yourself and halt your own progression into your best life. Say yes to family events, but leave before the end because you know there's going to be an argument that's going to lead to everybody screaming at each other in the middle of the street and you just can't be fucked with it. It's not about dropping every bad person from your life, but it is about setting your standards and trying to live your life by them in a healthier and more efficient way. It has been said that your main personality traits are a combination from the five people you spend the most time with. Think about that for a wee minute. Do you really want your personality to be made up of fucking shittiness? I personally have been through many a personality shift drastically throughout the years as a direct link to who I spend my time with. When I was younger, I had some very toxic people in my life And it led me to do some really horrible things and be a really horrible, shitty human being. I'm in no way blaming the people that I was hanging around with at the time. I take full responsibility for my own actions. I did those things, but no one told me to. I did it because the people that I was around made it sociably acceptable to be an arsehole and treat other people horribly. And ergo, I did. And it's things that now I'll look back on and overwhelms me with guilt and I can't actually make up for all the horrible shit that I did but the lesson that I did take from that is that now I purposely surround myself with some really good fucking eggs that force me to better myself and do what is best for me while supporting me 110% through everything and as a result of that I have drastically changed as an individual And I'm so happy for that and so happy for the good souls that are in my life. Again, when I was younger, those toxic people brought out the psycho in me, brought out the anger and the wanting to fight and argue all the time. Whereas the good eggs I have now make me really calm and just dissolve any negative feelings that I have. Through more compulsive research... I found out about a Harvard University study that was started in 1938 and is still going, focusing purely on happiness and how it affects your health, but more specifically, your happiness and the relationships you maintain. 
that being family, platonic, romantic, etc. The study started with 268 sophomore men at the university. There was no women in the study because women were not allowed to attend university at this time period. To which only 19 of those gentlemen are still alive and in their mid-90s. One of the guys in the study was John F. Kennedy. The study then went into factor the men's kids, who are now in their 50s and 60s, and it grew even bigger to then take in their kids and their wives. And the study is continually growing to this day, and it's the longest study of its kind. It's fucking crazy. Through the advancement of medical technology, the men undergo different tests every year to see physiological changes in their body, alongside answering a questionnaire about their personal life, their work life and their romantic life. Through this study, it has been concluded that our relationships, and evidently how happy we are in them, have a direct influence on how our physical health is. It was shown that good relationships help to delay mental and physical decline with increasing age. For example, the men who said that they were happy in their relationships in their 50s had the best physical and mental health in their 80s. I'm not meaning that these people had Nicholas Spark romance novel perfect relationships. They had arguments and fallouts and disagreements just like everybody else. But the standing structure of their relationship was so strong that they could argue as much as they fucking liked because they knew that that person had their back and loved them endlessly. Now, how often can you say that about a toxic person? Fucking never, that's for sure. The study also showed that how men handled their relationship in their late 20s and 30s gave an indication of how the rest of their life, romantically, physically and mentally, was going to pan out as their personalities were, to quote psychiatrist George Valiant, who led the study from 1972 to 2004, set like plaster and cannot be changed. Those who started as train wrecks in their 20s turned their shit around in their 30s and lived to their 80s, the happiest that they've ever been, whereas those who started on a high in their 20s crashed and burned in their 30s and rarely made it to 80. They burned out due to things like depression, alcoholism and other forms of self-deprecating behaviour. So, you know, train wreck here at 25. As long as I get my shit together before I'm 30, then there's hope for me yet. But yes, pop onto YouTube and watch the TED Talk What Makes a Good Life? Lessons from the Longest Study on Happiness. It's so fascinating and you'll be so engrossed in it and then you'll start reflecting on your own relationships that you keep and how they're going to affect you and what ones you even want to keep around. I purposely brought this up in this episode because after watching it, I really sat down and thought about the relationships I keep and how I want them to affect my life. Or did I want them to affect my life at all? Because evidently, having shitty relationships will kill you quicker, according to the study, and I don't tend to argue with science. So overall, the task or lessons per se to take away from this episode is to go through your friends either mentally or physically and think of the benefits or harm that they do to you those that bring a lot of positivity and encouragement great keep them around 
the ones that are not so great, think if it's going to be easy enough to cut them out. If so, I highly encourage you to do so. As someone who's done it in the long run, you feel a lot greater for it. If you can't cut them out, just try and cut down the amount of time you spend with that person just to savour yourself and, you know, you might gain some extra life years in the end of it. Be selfish with your time and energy because I hate to be the one to tell you this, but they're kind of limited and you don't know how limited they are because you don't know how much longer you've got left. No one does. So don't spend what little amount you have on people who don't want the best for you and for your life. But as always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered enough to guard your time and energy wisely and direct it to those that deserve it the most. Because at the end of the day, toxic people will not let you live your best life. Again, please do not forget to follow, like and subscribe depending on what platform you're on. Popping over to Facebook and Instagram to join the little community of people who don't know what the fuck they're doing. And I will see you all in the next episode, hopefully. Be safe, be kind, and most importantly, try your fucking best. Bye!